So let me start off, uh, Bernard, by thanking you uh, for the opportunity to share my story and thoughts uh, today with the uh, Joba Gindaba audience. I was truly humbled, uh, Bernard, to be asked. I'm going to do something quite interesting uh, today. I've decided to split my journey into three parts. I'm going to talk a little bit about my background from the time I was a child until I entered the mining industry. Then the second chapter is going to be about my time at Anglo-American. And then the final chapter, for now, is going to be about my time in Vedanta. So let's get started on that note. I grew up in Phoenix, a township in Kazula Natal that many of you might be familiar with. I was the youngest of three children and the only daughter to my doting parents who instilled the value of education in us. I attended a government school. I matriculated in 1993, which in itself was important because that was the eve of post-apartheid South Africa. I enjoyed mathematics and science, and with limited career options back then, and outside of wanting or outside of becoming a doctor, a lawyer, or a teacher, I chose chemical engineering. I was awarded a JCI, then became Anglo Platinum Bursary, and that's what started my journey into mining. I entered the mining industry in 1998 and started at the Precious Metals Refinery in Rustenburg. But there was another twist to my story in 1998, as it was also the year that I got married to my university sweetheart, the person on the screen, Vire Naidu. So let's move to the second chapter. I spent 16 years at Anglo-American in a very atypical and rather successful career path. I stayed for one after you know, paying back my bursary commitment, which in itself was atypical. I worked in various teams, from process engineering to process control, planning and strategy, corporate firm at the time, the deputy head of the CEO's office, the group CEO, as well as the CFO for the thermal coal division. There are a lot of highlights during this period. You know, I started up the advanced process control team for Anglo Platinum process division with Leon Kutzer. Someone else is also an icon in the industry. I executed with the corporate finance, headed up by Martin Prinsloo, 35 billion rands of BE transactions at the time. These were the gap transactions, because as you would know, Anglo Platinum did asset level transactions as opposed to equity. I became the first SA based deputy head of Anglo American Global Group CEO's office. Cynthia Carroll was the CEO at the time. Becoming the first non CA CFO, for one of the Anglo-American divisions, supporting Norman Imbazima and Renee Midori. Having my three daughters during this period, and most notably, my younger two, who were born 15 months apart between 2005 and 2007. But there were lowlights during this period as well. Exclusion, some of it intentional, some unintentional. Breaking through the graduate box, the graduate stigma. Navigating being a mother of young children whilst working harder than my male counterparts to both earn and maintain my seat at the table. Getting married young and to someone outside of the industry and having children young meant that I could not follow a traditional career path. And for many of you in the industry know that it simply means coming through the ranks and then becoming the head of a, of a plant. 
An easier atypical route was to settle for a corporate middle management roles, but that was not me. So despite the odds and chartering this new and untested waters, I created opportunities. I leaned in for the planning and strategy role to learn finance. I approached the CFO of Angler Platinum, the formidable Roland van Kerkhoven at the time, and requested an opportunity in the corporate finance team. I turned down the head of the CEO's office for Anglo-American on account of my young daughters then, only to be offered the deputy role based in South Africa on a flexi-time basis. I think I upset most CAs, both in the company and outside, when I became the CFO for Anglo-American Thermal Coal. And the first order of business then was to appoint my own finance controller. So I didn't just lean in to opportunities, which back in the day, affirmative action enabled to some extent, but I created them. And that too, in a corporate bureaucratic giant like Anglo-American, and at a time when gender diversity and inclusion was in what I would call pre-infancy stage. So let's move to the third chapter where I had to adapt, I had to learn, and I had to execute. The words that come to mind were bold action, innovative, impact. I left Anglo-American after 16 years. I could not see my career acceleration continuing on the trajectory I'd had up until the point. I became CEO of Vedanta Zinc International at 38 years old. These were for the Anglo zinc assets that Vedanta purchased in 2011. And that was to diversify Vedanta out of India where they already had a leading position in zinc globally. Credit has to go to Vedanta for giving me an opportunity. Someone of color, a woman at that, with no line operational experience. Because up until that point, I had occupied specialist niche roles so what did I do? I dug deep, focusing on what I knew and how to access what I didn't to say yes to this once in a lifetime opportunity. I took seriously the opportunity to pioneer this path for other women. And something Bernard said in his introductory uh, comments, it's not something I set out to do, but I could see the impact that my role was having to the many women across the industry. My transition into Vedanta was steep. I had to unlearn some of what I had learned over 16 years at Anglo-American. I had to adapt to the Vedanta DNA. Vedanta is run by a philanthropist founder, Anil Agarwal, whose purpose it was to link business performance to what Vedanta could and could not do in social performance. This was compelling for me and hooked me to do more, to do better all the time. There were a few attributes at Vedanta in terms of its entrepreneurial culture that was distinctly different from what I had experienced at Anglo-American. Risk taking was promoted and rewarded. It was all about making decisions and making them work for you. It was about going left when everyone else was going right taking advantage of counter-cyclical markets, 
devolved operating models, lean corporate centers with most people as close to the ground as possible, lean fixed teams with access to skills as required, leveraging partnerships to accelerate execution, thinking big, thinking different, innovation and excellence along with entrepreneurship were values at Vedanta. So what did I step into? I stepped into production cliff, short life of minds across the entire portfolio. It is after all the reason Anglo-Americans sold their zinc business. An all-time low zinc price at $1,500 a ton. An approved but unfunded Humsburg project. So how did we respond? First order of business was to increase the focus on safety. I restructured the business, but that was for efficiency to make sure that I could mitigate the headwinds on price and for the effectiveness of growth that we were looking at. I accelerated exploration to increase the life of mine of all of the assets. I adopted a very different approach to execute Humsback, refreshed the vision around this viable future. After all, no one wants to work in a company where the vision is not clear and where they do not understand what is in it for them. We did extend the life of mine of all of the assets. The, the least was at Lachine Mine in Ireland for three years and the most was 15 years at Swatberg in Black Mountain in the Northern Cape. We executed a world-class closure at the Lachine Mine in Ireland. The site today is being repurposed into a bioeconomy campus. We built Hamsback phase one, 4 million tons runoff mine with a stripping ratio of one to seven and with the capacity to produce 250,000 tons of zinc metal in concentrate. This is the largest single stream zinc plant in the world. This was a 40 plus year greenfields project in the beautiful Kaima region of the Northern Cape in one of 35 biodiversity hotspots globally. We had to relocate succulents and bring in people to deliver this project in a very remote location. Nine million total project man hours were worked from the first blast in July 2015 to February 2019, which is when the project was capitalized. The project was delivered at $400 million against an original price tag of just over $600 million. 90% of that was spent in South Africa. 68 million tons of pre-stripping waste was mined in 24 months, and it took us six months to ramp up to full ore production, the run rate of 4 million tons. The mine was fully digitalized. Integrated planning systems together with the CAS systems generated spatial data which when combined with the eight-finger stockpile model and the blending management model, we were able to predict what the product quality would be and hence manage it. The construction in addition to the plant included a 214-hectare TSF. The tailings management uh, facility was completely HDP-aligned. A 35 MDL, 38-kilometer water pipeline a 40 MVA 20 kilometer power line 
and 220 houses. I wish though we had built more, but there was a constraint there, all built in 18 months after the first concrete pour. This included opting for the first zinc installation of the SFR flotation technology. At peak construction of this project, we had close to 3,000 people on site, of which 60% were local. Hamsberg was started with almost 30% women at the time, with the average age of the total site being just under 30. Gender diversity and inclusion was not an initiative for me, but a way of doing business. Women were given opportunities across the board. And in hardwiring this in the business, women then started to take and create opportunities for themselves. But you know, in this entire project, I was most humbled by the socioeconomic impact the project had in Kaima and the greater Namakwa region. It was not just about job creation, but about skills development, which after this project, many people then went on to assist in the solo projects in the region. About SMME creation, digital empowerment by extending free Wi-Fi, which we had on site for PIT Wi-Fi for the mine digitalization to the region, and about sustainability by encouraging every household to start their own tunnel garden an initiative that the company supported. So all of this culminated in hosting the president of the Republic of South Africa, President Ramaphosa, for the grand opening of Hamsburg in February 2019. And what an event that was. I'm sure there are a few people listening that attended it. I know that Bernard definitely attended that event. So I've had a very rewarding only in South Africa mining journey. And at 44, I still have unfinished business with this industry. The purpose of impact still drives me to want to do more in this industry. I have a lot to learn, but here's what I've gathered for now. Don't be constrained by the limitations of the past. Where would we have been if I had not chanced and created an untraveled path for someone like me. Make decisions and make them work. It is much better than not taking a decision at all. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Now I come from very humble beginnings and, I, and I've stayed that way. I constantly walk in the shoes of the people I meet to ensure that I can relate but also to make sure that I am relatable. Never accept that it can't be done. Where would we have been had we listened to the many naysayers about Hamsback? I do, however, recognize that timing plays a part too. Constantly seek innovation. There is always a better and a different way of doing things and constantly striving for this. And I think the advice here is don't look in traditional places for that. Take stakeholders along. Mining must become more internally and externally inclusive. This is not about social license to operate, but about doing what is right. And the last one is to keep up with and set trends. 
The goalpost in mining keep changing, and I'd like to think keeps improving. Look at the increased focus we have on ESG today. We need to drive this as opposed to being reactive and on the back foot.